Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Love Talk Radio. Great joy and good afternoon, my friend. The Nepalese meditation bowl is chiming, centering your mind and delight on the art of the CEO. The show that brings you the most fascinating and really the most helpful leaders in the business community from all over our terrestrial orb, I am Bart Jackson, your Hieronymus Bosch of business. And this very day, we're going to give you a little discount. The next time you get that hankering for a $50,000 Cartier watch or a 1500 Chopard clutch purse, or you've run out of ink and you need a, a new $5,000 Montegraffa calligraphy fountain pen, 18 karat, of course, wouldn't it be nice to know where you can get these watches and jewelry and elegant accessories at half to a third the price? And... Uh, well, my discerning friends, we're going to go you even one better, two better than that. Uh, we are going to introduce to you Mr. Richard Birnbaum, the most innovative entrepreneurial gentleman who is the one who can put the, uh, these brand name touches of elegance into your hands legitimately. Uh, with it. And we're also going to have Richard lay out the whole workings of his very cleverly founded company, Shopworn.com which is the ultimate retail niche, and you're going to really enjoy this story. So whether you're a personal stylist who's ever seeking some new way to delight your discriminating clients like Charlotte, or you're a chief revenue officer of an exploding new tech company with a lady deserving of only the best like Daryl, pull up your chair a little closer and join us in this feast of wisdom all carefully cuisined to make your career thrive and your venture flourish. Richard, I'm so glad that you've been able to break free from the siege of shopworn customers to share your enterprising story with us. Bart, it's a great pleasure to be here, and I really enjoyed your introduction. You do have a <laughs> fantastic way with words. I <laughs> thank you. You're very kind. Now, you've come up with a, a really a marvelous retail niche uh, in which you sell shopworn goods, specifically watches, jewelries, and accessories. But when I hear the term shopworn, adjectives come to mind, old, uh, unusable, shoddy. Those are things that, that are sort of associated with it. So could you really define for us, what is a shopworn item as opposed to a new or previously owned one? Shopworn sells exclusively luxury, designer, and brand name display model merchandise. These goods uh-huh. may have been tried on a few times in the stores by customers. In many cases, the goods really never made it out of the back room of the stores, but these mm-hmm. are goods that the authorized dealers were not able to sell and we found a niche to be able to go in and buy this merchandise and put it up on our website and offer the consumer an incredible value. Which is absolutely true. You, you should go to that website and see, see the values. Now, 
back in about 2015, you noticed the, if you will, luxury market or the high-end market for watches, jewelry, accessories, scars, and was generating a surplus. Now, prior to that time, the manufacturers of Western Europe who were making most of this were churning out the product and sending it out to the authorized dealers, and, uh, and it was all selling quite readily. Then the market began to slow drastically. What happened? Well, the the manufacturers didn't slow up production. Everybody kept making merchandise, whether they had the orders or not. In they, the 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 manufacturers, though, really kept shoving the goods down the throat of the retailers and making them buy, and goods mm-hmm. backed up all over the world. So when the sales rep would go visit his authorized dealer customer with the new season's goods. The store would say, I can't buy anymore. Look, I still have all this inventory left over from last year. I can't buy. Well, the rep would say, okay, fantastic. You don't want to buy? We'll close you down as an authorized dealer, and we'll go open up your competitor across the street. We'll give him the line instead. (laughs) So the goods started to back up, and it created opportunity for us. Well, the... Instant thing that comes to my my mind is that why didn't the makers of Swiss timepieces and and uh, Edwardian silver candlesticks just cut back on production? I mean, yeah, you know, make what you can sell, make no more. What, why not follow that practical solution? Well, everything we sell is made in Switzerland, Germany, France, and Italy. We don't have any products made in um, in in Asia. Or, or other manufacturing countries. Everything is right. made in countries, very labor-intensive goods, the finest quality merchandise. Mm. These countries don't have labor laws as lax as the United States. It's right. not so easy to just cut back production and hand out pink slips and tell people, don't come to work tomorrow, we'll let you know when to come back. So yeah, yeah. The goods, Which, they the do all the time here. Kept getting made. Uh huh. It's yeah. I, I think there there is the final tradition of the plant that you've always been there, and and like perhaps in our father's day that it, it was uh, it would keep going, and there was this assumption, and and I'm sure many of your your uh, manufacturers have been. Uh, producing for countless generations, right? Of course. Sure, some of these companies are, are hundreds of years old. Mm. But uh, so, and that's... so they had... I'm sorry, Bart. So all, yeah. all this extra production, what ended up happening, the goods that the stores couldn't consume, the brands would then sell them to their country distributors. Right. And then those uh-huh. distributors who couldn't get the goods into the retail stores would then flip those goods. I, I, it, it, it doesn't sound like a very nice term, but let's call it out the back door. And the goods right, would right. end up on the gray market, being mostly gray market websites. Good websites. Now, I just, Richard, goods. just, just, I'm going to stop you there because uh, some of us, I think, a lot of us, uh, are a little fuzzy on the various shades of the gray market. Uh, the could could you define uh, 
for us uh, the gray market as it is with with your product and and who they uh, who they are and give us an idea of where the uh, the authorized dealers would be would be uh, discounting their stuff. To sure, but even even before telling you how the gray market would work with watches, uh-huh. jewelry, and accessories, I'll give you a little a little story that I'm sure you'll be able to relate to and your listeners as well. Uh-huh. Can you imagine going into a discount drugstore, and yeah. you'll see brand name, say Duracell batteries or Johnson and Johnson baby shampoo, and the packaging right. is in a different language. Those uh. goods were diverted, so that uh, those Gillette razor blades with the package in uh, packaging in Spanish may have come from Gillette in Peru, where the prices are less than they are in the United States. So the goods Uh got diverted and ended up in discount drugstores in the United States. And that's the gray market. It's existed for as long as there's been brand name merchandise, there's been a gray market for those goods. Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. it's goods, goods that were diverted from the original intent of where they were to be sold. Yeah, but I might so like to add in, that it's totally legitimate, by the way. A hundred percent legal. A hundred percent legal. The, uh, the Supreme Court ruled back in the 1960s that mm-hmm. a brand no longer controls his trademark once the merchandise has been sold for the first time. Ah, okay, so, and that that is in the dealer's shop. Right, so once, once the distributor or the brand themselves has sold those goods for the first time, they can legally be made gray market goods. But just mm-hmm. because it's legal doesn't mean it's a long-term business, because once the brand finds out, they're going to shut down that distribution channel. Mm-hmm. Well, now... Was there a difference in the client? And back in 2015, was there? A, did did clients dry up, or was I mean, is it, did they just overproduce, or was, or was there a client uh, cut off, or well, what? I think uh, it it really. I, I I believe the beginning of it was business in China fell off a cliff. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Pe- people stopped consuming as much as they were, and I think there were also fears of conspicuous consumption in China. Hmm. And also Russians, who are very big consumers of luxury goods, after Uh sanctions, they stopped traveling to Western Europe and taking vacations. So between China drying up and Western and and uh, and Russian tourists not going to Europe to buy, the goods backed up everywhere. Right, right. So it created it created a glut of merchandise. So the ever innovative Mr. Richard Birnbaum saw an opportunity. Now, uh, could you could you tell us? Uh, what planted the seed in your mind? I mean, you've been in the retail trade and done many things for years, but what planted the seed in your mind, and, and how did you go about launching Shopworn? Well, we knew how much the brands hate the gray market. 
because right. the entire business model of being a luxury brand is to be able to romance the product. Having the customer come in to an authorized dealer, deal one-on-one with a salesperson, try it on, be shown the functions and features, be shown the wonderful craftsmanship of the product, and that has always been the business model. Right, right. And but, so, yeah, I could see that. Right. But um, so the brands really hated the fact that they were selling goods to distributors in other countries and those distributors uh-huh. unable to get more goods into their authorized dealer network were selling the goods to the gray market. So yeah. that diminishes the brand. Yeah, it does, doesn't it? I see what you're talking about. It does. And, and because also the gray marketeers sell their goods as new. Hence, shopworn does not consider the product new. It may be virtually indistinguishable from new, but we do not sell as new. We sell it as shopworn, gently handled, tried on a few times, but virtually indistinguishable from new. And the brands love it. They love it. Right. We're the we're the only website that the brands actually acknowledge that they'll actually say we hmm. love Shop One. We love this concept. Well, so because we found, what you're we doing found, is we found seems to me. one spot. I'm sorry. You you go ahead, Bart. <laughs> All I was gonna say is it seems like you're doing them an immense public relations service because you're saying here is a luxury item and and you're treating it as something special rather than uh suckering people on 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 uh getting an official Rolex or or you know there's no this fell off the back of a truck actually you're keeping up that beautiful term you use the romance of the product shopworm keeps up that romance don't you Yes, absolutely. And by not selling the product as a new product, but at significant discounts, we are selling at the same price, if not less, than forgetting about the gray market guys, who I've already talked to death already, but even the even the big consignment websites you know consignment is a very big business today and there are some very yeah, big yeah. websites doing um, doing nothing but consignment goods and they uh, you know they 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 claim that all of their goods are authenticated and i'm not saying that 99% of the goods that they sell <laughs> are not 100% legitimate goods but what about that 1%, that, that watch where it was sent out to be repaired and aftermarket parts were put into that watch to fix it? When they authenticate the watch, all they're doing is looking at the back. They're seeing a serial number. They're saying, oh, this, is, this looks like an authentic serial number. This is an authentic product. Yes, it's authenticated. <laughs> Go sell it. But they don't know what's inside. Oh, they could have all your sins repairs inside. could have been made to it, right? 
I'm sorry, please repeat that. I said aftermarket repairs. Aftermarket parts could be in it from a repair or something, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. Okay. You know, one of the things that also gave us us the idea for this business was seeing how the the auto dealers came up with the concept of selling their loaner cars. Ah, And that also... That was a, that's a shop-worn car. Somebody, they, the, yeah. the, the, the service center of the dealer took the car for a few weeks, and they lent it out to people who brought in their car for service, and after it had a few thousand miles on it, the dealer sold it. Was it new anymore? Well, it wasn't exactly new, but it was, it was virtually indistinguishable from new. It had a couple of thousand miles, but it was a new car, and it was significantly discounted when they sold it. Sure. Sure, I remember we used to. My my father used to call those powder puffs. You know, when I was buying my first car, he said, "Go look for a powder puff," and that's ex- that's it's the same kind of thing. And you've just taken this and taken it to a a, a different level. Uh, to I'm sorry, a different uh, kind of of goods, which are the luxury goods, which are uh, again receiving no more wear or or anything else than uh, than. Than that car did. In fact, probably less. Right. Yeah. Now, so we're Richard, selling. We uh, we're be... selling. I'll shut up. You talk. Yeah. <laughs> no. All right. No. All I was going to say is, is we really would be remiss if we didn't. I, I want to touch on one uh, aspect. You've had a long career as a retail merchant, Prince, and I. Uh, I just would like to give people an idea about. Some of the the insides of the of the retail world that that you know so well, and so I'm going to ask you that after you were selling gentlemen's clothing and after being uh, a gray marketeer yourself for a little bit, you made a counter trade deal with Kodak Film Company down in Argentina. Could you just share the story of that particular deal with us? Sure. Um, I was running counter trade activities. In South America, actually in uh, also in Chile and Uruguay, for the Eastman Kodak Company. This was back in the day when people still used film. This was before digital cameras. I remember it well. (laughs) Right. (laughs) So the film was manufactured in the United States. There was a wholly owned company in Argentina called Kodak Argentina. And they uh-huh. imported the film from the Eastman Kodak Company in Rochester, New York. So the uh-huh. film got imported into Argentina, but Kodak Argentina had to pay for the film in U.S. dollars. Argentina did not have a convertible currency back in those days. Their currency right. was only okay. good in Argentina. It didn't convert anywhere else. Uh, so... Yes. Uh, so Kodak Argentina needed to be right. Those remember those old days when when not all currencies converted on world markets. That's absolutely true. uh, I remember it well. I went down there, I was climbing, and I dealt with a wine market down there. That's a whole other story. You go ahead. I want to hear this. This So uh, Kodak Argentina, to be a good citizen of Argentina, wanted to buy product made in Argentina, in local currency, 
and then export that product for U.S. dollars. Then mm-hmm, they would mm-hmm. get paid for the exported product made in Argentina in dollars, and now they created their own dollars to buy the film with. So the, ah. the, the concept of counter-trade is to be a good citizen of the country where you're a guest. Right. I see. It's... it's that's it's an amazing solution and it it's uh, but it again like like shopworn it makes excellent sense and everyone walks away a winner and that's the great thing about it um right. after we have after this so much we we've uh, learned from Richard already and noshing at today's feast of wisdom uh i so why don't we at this point uh, take a brief sorbet, if you will, and allow me to proffer you a few utensils for today's feast. Uh, so first utensil, as I always do, allow me to remind each of you hearing my voice that the good Lord has gifted you with the pr- title and privileges of Chief Executive Officer of yourself. And since that's really the most important position you'll ever hold in your career, allow me to ask, will this be the day that you sort through your principles and find that one cause that you positively want to advocate for? Or will you continue to throw up your hands and just snarl at the negative? The choice, my friend, is truly yours. And as a second utensil, I can sense your yearning to steep your lips into a little laughter. So let's take a scriptural recitation from the 102 Best Business Quips book. And I am thumbing through it as we speak. Here we go, here we go. Uh, This one's appropriate. Every inventive enterprise inspires either an endless fountain of jealousy or a mountain of hindsight advice, uh, depending on just how well it sells. So so, uh, what about Shopworn, Richard? Are you getting uh, either jealousy or advice from, uh, from the folks around you? I don't know if people are jealous of us. Um, I I certainly welcome any advice. I I tend not to really think too much about the competition or uh, or, or getting getting into um, you know global and political issues, but really to stay focused on on the uh, the task at hand. I will say regarding uh, your uh, your uh, entrepreneurial enterprises and any CEOs that may be listening to this and people thinking about getting into their own business, mm-hmm. in order to be in your own business, if you don't have the ability to source the product and sell the product, uh-huh. you don't have a business and you don't have a CEO and you're not a CEO and you can't have a successful enterprise unless you can do both of those things. If you only have one or the other, the ability to source or the ability to sell, you're much better off being an employee than starting a new business. And, um, and uh, you know, again, I, I, I guess to be a CEO, which is, which is the name of the show, and to, to own your own business, but uh, you've got to be able to do both things. I, that's a wise piece of advice, and I, I'm going to call that at this particular point. Richard has just given us a timeless truth to be able to source and sell. And so I would like you all to dip your quill pens and your inkwells and jot that down and remember it, because you do, as he says, if you need, don't can't source and sell your product, then uh, time to go back to work for uh, your, your best cousin out in, in Tecumseh. 
And um, and if you smirked a bit over that quip, by the way, we have them literally by the books full. Just visit bartsbooks.com and pick up your copy of 102 or the 101 best business quips, and you're going to find yourself a rich arsenal of uh, low lightning laughter and a little wisdom to cheer your fellow wage slaves at work. And as a third utensil, we sumptuously spoon to you the answer to last week's business quips. Qu- uh, I'm sorry, business quotation. Uh, and that is, who was the, the, what was the name of the person who said, I buy expensive suits, they just look cheap on me. <laughs> Those words were spoken by none other than the self-effacing and fortune-amassing Mr. Warren Buffett. So congratulations to all you winners who got it right. And another enriching quotations, and if you are among the learned souls who knows the author of that quote, simply scribble that sage's name down as you believe to be and email it right off to info at bartsbooks.com that's info at bartsbooks.com and if you are correct your knowledge will earn your mind and soul a career igniting gift freshly disemboweled from the dungeons of Bart's Books bookstore and before turning our discerning eyes back to the shop worn essential delights of Richard Birnbaum let's allow, allow me to introduce to you the company by whose good graces we're here today, and that company is Prometheus Publishing, creator of, among many other divisions, Bart's Books Ultimate Business Guides, where you may visit uh, bartsbooks.com and explore a wide wealth of practical wisdom from many business masters. And today, the folks at Prometheus invite you to take a look at one of their offerings entitled, So That's How They Do It, Tactics from Business Masters. And this is one of my favorite books, uh, because, well, because of the readership, really, this book was deliberately designed for those of you uh, whom Bart's Books terms the energized elite. You, you know who you are. You're that individual who seeks a fulfilling and a satisfying career enough to uh, push your arms off the swivel chair, rise up, and find a better tool and apply it to your own business. Well, if th- if that is you and you are among the energized elite, Get a hold of, so that's how they do it. It's a smorgasbord of good tactics that have been brought to you from a worldwide array of business masters. And each tactic and discipline and attitude is uh, something that you can apply, and it will help you grow a little further and a little faster and find a little more enjoyment. So you can get, so that's how they do it, at bartsbooks.com. Carpe diem, my friend, you are indeed worth it. And now with utensils in hand, let's uh, get some further advice and interest from the very inventive retail entrepreneur, Mr. Richard Birnbaum. Uh, Richard, at this point, you, uh, you're not only shopworn, not only deals with uh, outlets, but you also obtain inventory now directly from the manufacturers themselves, don't you? Correct. We are working with, uh, with with a number of brands who are selling us their goods directly that they're taking back from stores. The brands mm-hmm. realized that if they were if they were not going to put goods into the secondary market that ended up on gray market websites, they needed to be a little bit more flexible and start taking goods back from stores. Because if you're an authorized dealer retail store, there's no reason right. for you to be in business unless you have the latest and the greatest. If you're showing sure. last year's goods, 
it uh, it loses some of its cachet. So now we are buying directly from brands goods that they've taken back from the stores. So okay. that's that's very exciting for us because certainly that puts in puts us in a position to have a long-term business instead of always scrambling for stores that are looking to to dump their inventory. Right, right. Oh, yeah, that, it's certainly you're getting a much more direct. Uh and I'm I'm interested a little bit Richard in the, in the value. I mean, uh as I mentioned earlier, uh Cartier has an absolutely lovely little elegant watch which I could put on my wife's wrist for a mere $51,000. Uh, and if I'm clever enough to get to shopworn.com, uh, I could get that for 22000 and change. My question is, what am I buying? What are those in- individuals of discerning affluence getting uh, that the fellow who buys his wife the, the $200 nice-looking timepiece is not getting? What, what is he getting? Well, they're getting the deal. Everybody mm-hmm. loves the deal. What what we hear and what I know also, because I'm I'm a shop worn customer, is right. that people the greatest excitement is the deal. When you get a new watch from Shop Worn and it was ten thousand dollars retail and you paid us forty five hundred for it, as soon as you put it on and somebody looks at it, the first words out of your mouth are, Boy, did I get a great deal on this. That's the excitement. <laughs> Authentic luxury goods at tremendous values. We've uh, we're, we we have we have hundreds of reviews on Trustpilot, so people know that we're legitimate. They know the product is real. They see how customers rave about us, and it's uh, we we truly believe that we are the brand of the future that we are working towards this towards being in a place where the consumer is buying the seller and then the item but he's buying a shop worn watch yeah yeah right which allows him to get the ultimate in quality the ultimate in luxury and uh and not and not have to to sell off his Lamborghini. Um, the Richard, I uh, there's so many more questions we, we we have here, and but I'm I'm afraid we're running out. Could you just tell us if people want to get a look at your at your inventory and find out more about the shop? How can they? Where do they go? How do they do it? Bart, our website is shopworn.com. S H O P. W O R N dot com. We've set up an exclusive coupon code for your listeners, Bart. So at checkout, if you put in the coupon code Bart Jackson, one word, then your shopping cart will come up with a 15% discount. And Bart, that, that coupon code is going to stay there forever. So, all of your listeners, we do emails all the time with discounts, but your your listeners forever have a 15% coupon code. Just put in Bart Jackson at checkout. And with Mother's Day around the corner, we have uh, lots of brand-name jewelry, Pomolato and 
um, Roberto Coin. We have uh, Chopard handbags and wallets, Fendi and Dior watches, and a tremendous amount of goods from Mother's Day. I thank you very much, our listeners. Thank you. See, I told you, my friend, we were going to give you a discount, at all courtesy of Richard Birnbaum and Shopworn. So take a look, and uh, as I said before, Carpe Diem, you deserve it. Richard, thank you so much for coming on, I, and I really hope that, that we can uh, all take a look at this, and, and, and I wish you every success because you're doing something that is both a service to the manufacturer and the public at large. I thank you very much for coming on. Thank you, Bart. It's a real pleasure. And so as we round out today's feast, uh, I am Bart Jackson, your curator of business wisdom, leaving you with today's quotation. That is, who said, uh, it is not good, it is good sportsmanship not to pick up golf balls while they are still rolling. <laughs> and as a hint, this, uh, to the author of that, uh, this riverboat pilot knew exactly how a Connecticut Yankee just might behave in King Arthur's court. And remember, if you know the author of this quote, simply write that author's name down as you believe him or her to be and send it right off to info at bartsbooks.com and to win yourself a career-igniting gift from the dungeons of Bart's Books Bookstore. And as a parting shot, in the words of my wife's husband, most folks don't dream of starting a business. They dream of selling one that they have started years ago, which has funded their enviable collection of Lamborghinis. <laughs> and to you, Gleefully sharing our feast, I hope you've enjoyed The Art of the CEO as much as Richard and I have enjoyed bringing it to you. And remember that you may download this on all our shows at theartoftheceo.com. That's theartoftheceo.com. We are on many live stations and many streaming internets, but theartoftheceo.com is the easiest way to find all our episodes. And finally, to you who have honored us with your time, may I say, as always, it has been a privilege, and I thank you. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.